You are listening to the Daily Homily for Magdala in the Holy Land. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will acknowledge before the angels of God. But whoever denies me before others will be denied before the angels of God. Everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. When they take you before synagogues and before rulers and authorities, do not worry about how or what your defense will be, or about what you are to say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that moment what you should say. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Usually when people go to court, nowadays they have lawyers, and they prepare very well what they should say. And they provide all the evidence and the facts. And it seems quite <clears throat> counter to that diligent, due diligence preparation, when Jesus says, do not worry how or what your defense will be. That's very interesting. And since the beginning of Christianity, there have been many martyrs. Even our own scriptures of the New Testament account for some, starting with Stephen. Uh, in his murder in Jerusalem and how he spoke at his trial before his condemnation and his death. And it's wonderful to see those lines. And the same has happened all through history. Thousands and thousands of martyrs asked to give reason for their faith. And the instruction of Jesus to not prepare our defense at the moment of our martyrdom does not stand counter to our duty to learn about our faith. Because many people today especially, but probably in all times, uh, could use a lot more good knowledge about their faith. And I would say that applies to all of us. And one of the instructions we have as priests, uh, despite all the training we get and formation we have and study we do, is that we have to stay abreast of also the ongoing studies and understanding of the scriptures and, the, and theology. Uh, and we are required to do diligent study uh, continually. But that doesn't mean uh, that's not counter to the fact that we should trust in the Holy Spirit to provide the words we need to utter in times of intense pressure, which often culminate in a death sentence. And this is a very beautiful um, feature that continues to this day, and many Christians are under that kind of pressure. And actually, I see very little difference between this and what we read 
in Paul's contemplation of Abraham. And there's almost as much time between Paul and Abraham as there is between us and Jesus. And it's interesting then how to consider for a moment how those first Christians are looking back to the roots of the faith in Abraham and pondering that like we do in the first reading and that we continue to call Abraham our father in the faith. And it's the same attitude that Abraham was required. He needed to trust in God. He is promised as an old man without children that he will be the father of a multitude of nations. Look at the stars, look at the grains of sand on the seashore. Your descendants will be more numerous. And yet he reaches a hundred, so 20 years later, he still doesn't have a child. And then he has his child, and then he feels God's call to sacrifice his child. And how then is God's plan going to be fulfilled? So he is led interiorly by the Spirit. And this is the greatness of Abraham's faith, that he doesn't block and hinder the work of God in his soul. And the work of God in his soul, in a certain sense, also focuses us razor sharp onto the exact element we need that culminates in these scenes of martyrdom to be led by the Holy Spirit. How many times do we feel a movement inside our heart, um, an inclination um, being led to not retaliate with a negative word? to not retaliate with harshness, with condemnation, with rejecting somebody who has been mean to us. And we're being prompted to follow that call of the Holy Spirit. When the martyrs are able to have this total trust in times of extreme pressure, at moments when their life is on the line, literally, and in most cases, then they are condemned to death, sometimes with great torture, and that they have the serenity inside to let the Holy Spirit provide the words they say. And that can't be improvised. That's a pattern of life that matures at that moment of life. It's a style of life that grows it's one of the things that most impresses me about martyrs, and as much as we know more about their biography, uh, to see a pattern of growth in their trust in God, in their unreserved love that doesn't hate their enemies. So they're not pitted against those who take their lives. And many of the martyrs also have been very clever, like Jesus himself, clever in the good sense of the word, that they were able to avoid moments of conflict in order not to precipitate their martyrdom ahead of the time that God wanted. Jesus himself spoke about, my hour has not yet come. And he was able to wiggle through the crowd and get away in Nazareth when they wanted to kill him. There were other times they sought to kill him as well. And he almost was like able to direct precisely the development of things that the moment of his offering happened at the fullness of the right moment, at the fullness of that time. 
at the perfect time. And there are wonderful commentaries about that in how everything just fits and comes together. And if the Lord created the whole universe and everything fits together in a plant, from the roots of a tree to its fruits, from the rays of the sun that hit it and the rains that produce its moisture and the, uh, all the different seasonal changes, that it works like clockwork. And all of nature interacting like clockwork, many of the species, both plant and animal, are very dependent on each other's interactions for their next generations. And that, if that works like clockwork in the natural world, imagine in the supernatural world, in our spiritual lives, how the Holy Spirit is breathing life into us, is breathing into us the full flourishing of our lives in God's plan. Our great prayer today could be, Lord, do not let me resist your Holy Spirit. Let me be open to your Holy Spirit in every argument at home at the kitchen sink in every way to guide a little child pedagogically with kindness and goodness, but to lead them out of selfishness to a generous life. In every hour of tension in the workplace, in the neighborhood, in a parking spot, rushing into a gas station and letting somebody ahead of me at an intersection, there's so many little places in life that might seem incredibly valuable that I get ahead of the other person, but little acts of kindness and charity school our souls, our wills, our drive to become docile to the Holy Spirit. What a great grace to ask for today. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Magdala, follow us on YouTube and on Facebook.